Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I, I don't think they have reached anywhere near their potential yet, but that's just because of youth and injury. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello to everyone in Steelers Nation. Welcome to Saverin on Steelers podcast. I'm Stan Saverin, co-host of the Steelers postgame show with the former Steelers quarterback Charlie Batch on the Pittsburgh Steelers radio network. Glad you found our podcast here at Steelers.com. We post up two different episodes each and every week. Please tell your friends. If you enjoy the content, let them know that we're talking Steelers here on Saverin on Steelers. There haven't been many cases, if any, at least not since 1972, that the Steelers season was at a crossroads this early in the season after just five games. But I think it's fair to say that's exactly what the Steelers are looking at right now. They're sitting at one and four. Now, the bad news is that's their record. The better news is that the division looks to be competitive, but no standout teams in the AFC North, which means they still have a chance. Now, it might be a bit unrealistic to be even thinking that way, given what we saw uh, in Buffalo uh, last Sunday. And I'm not certainly suggesting that the Steelers have a chance of winning the division. There's a long way to go before you can consider that. But when we determine relevance of the rest of the season, to me, the definition of relevance would be, are you still in the chase? Are you still in the hunt? Are you still in position to make the playoffs? I think every team in the NFL, when they start the season, their primary objective, or initially anyway, is to win your division. That gets you into the playoffs. If that's not going to be possible, or in this case, even plausible, then get in as a wild card. Wild card teams, and the Steelers uh, have had experience at this, can get to the Super Bowl. Uh, again, not predicting, I'm just suggesting that the relevance of a season pretty much depends on those two items. Um, maybe if you're a team that was expecting to be 4-13, and Maybe relevance to you is having a shot at finishing 500 if you're in the steps of rebuilding. And that begs the question, are the Steelers in that category now? Is that what the rest of the season is going to look like? I think that what transpires on the lawn at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday against Tampa Bay will go in large measure toward determining exactly that. Another loss even with a miracle turnaround, uh, it would take that kind of a miracle based on what we've seen thus far. 
I think that's exactly what we'd be looking at. So a win Sunday against Tampa Bay, I don't think, is out of the realm of possibility. I think that they're in position um, to beat a Tampa Bay team that is three and 3-2, and the two games they've lost have been to tough teams, the Green Bay Packers being one of them, the Kansas City Chiefs being the other. Arguably, perhaps, two Super Bowl contenders. Maybe even that is your matchup in this year's Super Bowl. So certainly no disgrace on the part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I don't think they have the same kinds of weapons or the amount of weapons that they had when they won the Super Bowl in 2020 when they dismantled that Kansas City Chief offense. I'm not suggesting that the Buccaneers are vulnerable. I'm just saying that I would not count them, at least at this point, among the NFL's elite. They may end up there. Teams evolve as they go along. But it is a chance for the Steelers to at least temporarily right the ship. And if that were to happen, then even a split the next two games at Miami and at Philly, you'd be 3-5. and Not ideal, obviously. But given the jumble that is the AFC, it would make the rest of your season relevant. Now, there are an awful lot of people out there who are saying, Relevance to us doesn't mean a fringe contender for the third wildcard spot. And I buy that. I buy that. But I'm looking at it from the team's perspective. I think it's been pretty clear that the Steelers are a long way away from being a Super Bowl contender. They are not, and they won't be for quite a while. But what you are looking for is some improvement. And if that improvement stems from getting better for years to come, then that has its own kind of relevance. But for right now, the idea is to make the rest of your season meaningful. And by meaningful, I mean having a shot at the playoffs. Again, it's not what the standard is around here, the standard being the standard. But a rebound has got to begin somewhere. And if there's any opportunity for the Steelers to have a meaningful second half of the season and not already begin rebuilding for next year, then a win against Tampa Bay would be necessary. I also think there's something else I'm looking for, and this doesn't even necessarily include a victory on Sunday. I'm anxious to see how they respond to one of the worst performances that a Steeler team has given in the past few years. And unfortunately for them, there have been way too many of those. But I want to see who shows up on Sunday. Clearly, they played a terrible football game, albeit to a team that I think is the best team in the AFC. We'll find out. Sunday when Buffalo plays the Chiefs, and the season will tell us how good Buffalo is. But I felt that way well before the game against the Bills, and they proved it by winning 38-3. But by any measure, the Steelers were, as Mike Tomlin said, smashed. Might have been not a different outcome, 
but a closer game because let's remember something. That game was 10-3 at the end of one quarter. And the Steelers were on somewhat of a drive when Deontay Johnson dropped what would have been a first down pass, an easy catch for any receiver in the NFL, let alone one who fancies himself as a number one wide receiver. Thus far, his season this year, not even close to that. So it wasn't a blowout, really, until Gabe Davis wrested that football away from Minka Fitzpatrick in the end zone. Then it was 17-3, to and the route was on. And they folded up like a cheap suit. And as you as Steeler fans know, there were accusations that not everybody was taking the loss to heart or taking it too hard, smiles on the sideline, causing their teammate Arthur Millette to call him out, a stance from which he did not back down during the week of preparation for the Buccaneers game. I want to see how they show up. I want to see what level of pride they have. Clearly, if you have any pride whatsoever, last week's performance cannot sit well. And you should come out angry. And again, that may not result in a win. But it sure better result in a much better effort and a much better performance. Again, may not be enough to win, but it better be a better effort than what we saw on Sunday. And that's going to tell us a lot. Are they on the right track? It's not only the personnel. You have to have the attitude to go along with it. I've seen a lot of teams that are talented but don't perform up to expectation because the leadership isn't there, the will to win isn't there. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Jack Lambert once said, Everybody wants to win. I don't care if you're playing pickup basketball or checkers or whatever you're doing. Everybody wants to win. The question is, and what sets you apart, how much do you hate to lose? 
How much do you hate to lose? That sometimes separates teams who are equal in talent or even a team that has a disparity in talent. Tampa Bay, a lot knew about it, including the head coach. The Buccaneers consider themselves Super Bowl contenders. We're joined now by Joey Knight. He covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. And, Joey, with those lofty expectations, with a record of 3-2, and two, have the Bucs played up to that level? I don't know if I would say disappointment. This is kind of a transitional year in some ways. you you got to realize, well, first of all, the obvious transition is going from the head coach, from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles. And we all know Bruce Arians' philosophy is going vertical, risk it or biscuit, you know. And uh, Todd Bowles, while he shares a lot of similarities with Bruce Arians, I mean, those guys were together for 40 years. Bowles played for Arians at Temple. Bowles has his own way of looking at offense. He believes in establishing the run. Uh, That's just who he is. And for another reason, he's got a 45-year-old quarterback that he doesn't necessarily want throwing 45 to 50 times a game. He wants to preserve Tom Brady's right arm. So they've uh, tried to establish the run a little bit more. In some games, they've had some success. Some they haven't been successful. And another part of this transition is Tom Brady surrounded by a lot of young guys this year, more so than – any year in recent memory, if you think about it, he's got a new left guard in Luke Gedeke, a rookie. He essentially has a rookie snapping to him and Robert Hainsey, who's a second-year guy but didn't really play much last year. He was thrust into the fire when Ryan Jensen, the veteran, got injured the second day of training camp. He's got a, uh, he's got a tailback named Rashad White, who is the uh, – the backup to Leonard Fournette, who they're trying to, to work into the rotation to give Lenny a blow every now and then. So he, he's a young guy. He's done some good things, but he's also struggled in pass protection and holding on to the ball at times. And, of course, there's no Gronk anymore at tight end. So he's, he's breaking into rookie tight ends and Cade Otten and Co. Keeft. One of them, Keeft, is a pure blocker who's a kind of an H-back. He's even lined up fullback once or twice and – Otten is more of a traditional tight end who has a lot of upside, but neither one of them is Rob Gronkowski, and they're still learning the ropes. So I I don't think they have reached anywhere near their potential yet, but that's just because of youth and injuries. They've been banged up a little bit of receivers. So, no, I don't think we've seen the best football from the Buccaneers through five games. In terms of the numbers, Joey, um, has there been a disproportionate – amount of runs versus pass, as opposed to it might have been the other way around under Bruce Arians? There's, there's been, uh, I, I wouldn't say disproportionate. There, there's just been more of an attempt to, uh, to run the ball. You know, take Leonard Fournette, for instance, in that season opener, if you remember, against Dallas, they, they came out trying to establish, you know, this is a new regime, this is, Todd Bowles football and a desire to uh, protect his quarterback. And Lenny ran for 127 yards in that, uh, in that season opener against Dallas. And you kind of said to yourself, okay, this is what this, uh, this is what this offense is going to look like. Certainly not conservative, but certainly more an emphasis on trying to establish the run. They haven't run anywhere near as well since then. 
And I think what they have come to realize is this team is at its best when Brady, Brady's targets, his top targets, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are healthy, and he can zip it downfield a little bit. Um, we saw that last game against Atlanta. Uh, uh, Evans and Godwin combined for, you know, something in the neighborhood of about 140 yards, about 10 catches. And we kind of saw, okay, this, this kind of conjures images of 2021 and 2020 when, when Tom was gunning it downfield. I think that's when they're at their best. But that said, Todd Bowles does not want his 45-year-old quarterback going out there and winging it 45, 50 times a game because then Lord knows what he'll be like in late November, mid-December. So there's always going to be that emphasis on trying to establish the run. And I think they hope they can do that as their young offensive line gels and as Rashad White, the, the backup tailback, just matures and gets more comfortable in this system, you know, behind Leonard Fournette. So, it's an, again, it's, it's an evolving offense, but I don't think there's a disproportion uh, in terms of the amount of runs they're trying, you know, versus the pass. Well, running against the Steelers has been uh, uh, like running against wet cheesecloth. So it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time for them to get healthy. Just in general, Joey, when he has thrown the ball, I mean, 45, who knows? You know, when a guy loses it, could be in one off season, uh, could be, you know, week to week. Uh, when he has thrown the ball, has Brady been Brady-like? Yes. You saw it at the outset of training camp, and there was, you know, all this talk about him going away for 10 days for, for personal reasons, and we can speculate forever as to why that was, and a lot of people have. But when he was in camp, he was zipping it. And, I mean, it still looks like the same old Brady fastball to me. (laughs) I've seen every game. You know, he's completing almost 70% of his passes. Five games in, he's thrown for 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, We we know he will never have the the best mobility in the world. And they've even stopped the, the trademark Brady quarterback sneak when they get close to the goal line. You'll notice that he's not sneaking the ball anymore. But it just in terms of, velocity and spin this looks like the same old brady to me people i think would recognize going back to the super bowl win over the chiefs that while so much attention is paid to tom brady and at that time gronk and understandably so and two really great wide receivers that the defense won that game against the chiefs not even allowing a touchdown has the defense been formidable or at least as formidable as it has been under the uh, in the past when Bowles was the defensive coordinator? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, we remember that season opener against the Cowboys. They allowed three points. And for all of uh, Aaron Rodgers' proficiency in the past, I know the Packers have been kind of hot and cold so far this year. Uh, they only scored two touchdowns. Uh, it was a 14-12 to 12 Packers win at Raymond James Stadium in week four. So certainly the defense did its job there. Uh, They went up to New Orleans in in week two, again, another team in transition, but a snake pit of a place to play, a team that has given the Bucs all kinds of trouble in the last half decade, and they win 20 to 10. So the only game in which the defense hasn't really done its job is in uh, week four against Kansas City, a 41 to 31 loss, and uh, Todd Bowles minced no words about how displeased he was with uh, with his defensive effort, but 
you know, the same cast of characters are still there on that defense. When you think of Devin White, Levante David, the inside linebackers, you've got just an outstanding safety in Antoine Winfield, who's in his third year. They've still got their top cover corner in Carlton Davis, and they, they've kind of replenished their defensive rotation around the nose tackle Vita Vea. Damakong Su, obviously they moved on from him and from Jason Pierre-Paul, but they've, um, they've replenished with some very promising, uh, very effective young edge rushers around him. Logan Hall, the, the kid from Houston who they drafted with the first pick of the second round, and of course the second-year guy Joe Tryon Shoyinka, who essentially has filled Jason Pierre-Paul's slot. So this is still a, a, a formidable defense. This is what Todd Bowles hangs his hat on. And obviously, you know, if you know the Bowles MA, he's going to do everything he can to bring pressure on a young quarterback. Uh, the Bucks are 6-1 and one against rookie quarterbacks since Todd Bowles has, has overseen the offense when he arrived with Arians in 2019. During that stretch, they've won six of seven games against rookie quarterbacks. So I think they're going to pin their ears back and try to come after Kenny Pickett and harass him as much as they possibly can. Undoubtedly. Uh, Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times is our guest. The last thing for you, Joey, you mentioned some of the injuries. I mean, every team has them. How banged up are the Buccaneers for this game? I saw Carl Nassib is, is uh, recovering, is going to play. But, you know, uh, what other areas are they injured? Well, Julio Jones, who they signed for $8 million on the eve of training camp, just to kind of be an insurance policy at receiver, um, he threw – he looked like he was running around a little bit of practice today. He's only played in two of the five games so far. He's dealing with a, a torn PCL, which won't require surgery reportedly. He didn't play last week, and we just don't know if he's going to give it a go this week. So he remains a question mark. On the, uh, on the defensive side, Logan Ryan, the veteran safety, is out. Uh, they don't know about Mike Edwards, who's a veteran safety that kind of complements Winfield. So they could be banged up a little bit on the back end. And Akeem Hicks, the, another free agent guy they brought in for, you know, kind of replace Sue on the defensive line. He's got a plantar fascia issue, and he's not going to go. So uh, a little bit on defense. They're banged up in some areas. And, again, we don't know about Julio Jones, but, um, you know, as far as the offense goes, they're mostly healthy or they would appear to be uh, at receiver in terms of having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, enough weapons. You know, Leonard Fournette obviously is a a weapon out of the backfield catching the ball. They seem to be getting a little healthier there aside from Julio Jones. But the secondary, the back end of the secondary could be a little bit of a concern uh, come Sunday. We'll, we'll see. They may have to – I see them elevating some people from the practice squad for sure. Our thanks to Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times. He'll be making the trip to Pittsburgh for the game on Sunday. We'll be there to cover it and talk about it on our next podcast, certainly. A reminder that you can join me and Charlie Batch on the Steelers postgame show on the Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, And don't forget that I have a weekday program on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 a.m., noon to 2 Eastern Time. You can get it on 970 ESPN or on the iHeartMedia app, which you can download for free and get the show from anywhere. For now, that's it for Saverin on Steelers podcast. I'm Stan Saverin. Thanks for listening. And so long, everybody. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? 
Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.